this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. This is Joy and Claire. How are we doing? How's the mask wearing going? How is the mask wearing going? Because we just got the announcement this week from President Biden and the CDC that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in quote unquote most places. Right. I'm sure places can still mandate it if it's a, a lot of places decision. are. Yeah. Well, and yeah. the thing that I'm seeing, the thing that I'm seeing is a lot of businesses that are writing, you know, on their social media, like, hey, listen, we don't have the ability, nor do we want to have to ask everyone who comes in here to prove that they're vaccinated. So for now, you know, like, we don't really trust (laughs) y'all. Exactly. You know, and it's like, and so a lot of places like, you know, the coffee shop we go to, the, a lot of a lot of places are saying, still wear your mask because this is basically the honor system. And we, our employees don't feel confident that only, un, you know, that only vaccinated people will not be wearing right. masks. Right. We don't trust the people not getting vaccinated to, to abide by the wet mask wearing. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, that's legit because I think a lot of people who are not interested in getting vaccinated have also are there's a, a large overlap in my experience of talking to people in the Venn diagram of people who are not careful. interested in getting Be vaccinated. I know. <laughs> and people who have been begrudgingly wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So I I'm think it's just saying there's a Venn diagram that is just overlapping. I have, you know, and I think a lot of people out there would agree and, you know, have had that experience yeah. as well. So, you know, I appreciate the businesses and I will very much be interested to see kind of what happens. You know, I think that it's great that the businesses are still have their own ability to do that. And it's, you know, it'll also be interesting to see the businesses that are like, great, we don't care, you know, like maybe restaurants who are like, finally, this is going to be, you know, make things so much easier sure. for us. Or, you know, I like the gym I go to, which I've been talking about this whole time has been so good about masks. You know, they were the first ones to be like we don't have to wear masks anymore like this is so amazing and I kind of was like okay you know I'm gonna I'll see how it feels and everyone has said you can wear it if you want but we all kind of know that like it's again like the mask thing you wearing a mask doesn't necessarily protect you from other people around you it protects them from you yeah so it's a little bit hard to be like well you'll be fine if just you're wearing a mask like we kind of know that's not the case and that's kind of been the the problem this whole time is like you can wear the mask as much as you want, but if the people around you aren't wearing masks, then it's, you know, not as effective or not effective in the same way. I feel, I'm feeling like a little apprehensive about it. I think- Are like, you? I am too. Yeah. I am too. I was talking to Scott about this because he got a notification. He goes to Orange Theory and he's been doing masked workouts. This, I mean, I've been doing the same thing right, when yeah. I go to the CrossFit gym or go to the, the gym, <laughs> the gym. And I- have been wearing masks the whole time. It's not a big deal. By the way, if you want the best workout mask, if you're still going to wear a mask when you work out, the Under Armour mask, sport mask is the best because you can actually breathe and it's great. So the message to him was like, there's a maskless workout and they kind of made it a point to say, you don't have to wear a mask. And I was like, how can they, again, how do we know that everyone is being honest that they mm-hmm. have been vaccinated why don't they say where, you know, follow the CDC guidelines about right. mask wearing instead of being like, it's a maskless workout. I think that would be a smarter way to do it. And Scott was like, well, they can't ask people if they've been vaccinated. I'm like, but can't they just at least say, you know, hey, we're we're trusting that you are being honest right, at least put that and following the rules. There. You don't have to like go up to the person and be like, right. show me your CDC card. Well, that's what the CDC is doing, though. They're saying like, come on, guys, we're all in this together. Like, yeah, just I know. But we have been this. You've been vaccinated. We have been this whole time. No, and I know. The, and that's yeah, what's, like the I know, concerning which is thing. the frustrating, angry part where I get angry where I'm like, there's the anti-vaxxers. This is the anti-maskers. Right. And we're still bumping up against that where we're in this huge group project with the world. And there's people who aren't playing with, and, with, yeah, with and the I guess rules. you know the rean- the answer is like, well, if you if you're fully vaccinated, then the data show that you don't have to worry about that anymore, right? And the data. so, right, 
I mean, truly, like, you know, it's like I there's know. data. And it's hard because it's important I feel like to read data. It's important to do that. And it's all, you know, and I think that that's it's I think that the shift in mindset about the vaccine versus the mask has been hard for me to like remind myself that like I was just saying, you know, it wasn't enough for just you to be wearing a mask. And so mm-hmm. that's why I very much felt like, hey, guys, this doesn't count. My wearing a mask doesn't count for a whole lot unless everyone else is doing it. And of course, the vaccine is the same way if we're looking from a herd immunity standpoint. But when you are looking at an individual standpoint, the vaccine is effective if it's only you. And from a public health standpoint, again, it's a different conversation. You need to have as many people vaccinated as possible for it to be effective. But if you are the, the sole vaccinated person in a room of unvaccinated people and someone comes in and has COVID, you're going to be okay. So, so says the data, right? And so says science. And we believe in science. And we believe, we believe in, in science. And doctors. we believe in data. Yeah. And so like, that's the thing is, it's sort of like, hey, vaccinated people, like, we get it. We need we still really, really need to be encouraging as many people as possible. We're doing more vaccine drives. We're trying to get more information out there. Oh, by the way, can I just tell you something so ama- so amazing? And of course, Scott knew about this. Oh my gosh, I feel so stupid. I don't know this rapper. Let me Google. I think it's Duplo. Diplo? Diplo? I think that's how you pronounce it. Dippin' Dots? Okay, yeah. Di- sorry. Oh my gosh, I feel so stupid. Diplo? Duplo, Duplo is like the the giant Legos. Okay, so not Duplo. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Duplo. Um, Diplo, Thomas Wesley Pence, known professionally as Diplo, is an American DJ. Sorry that I have to wiki this, but he had a show at Red Rocks recently, and Red Rocks is our amazing venue in Colorado. If you ever have a chance to go see a concert there, we always love it or just go walk around. It's beautiful. He had a concert there and he had, he was telling everybody, encouraging everybody. He probably spent some money to invest in or not invest. He's probably spent some money on some vaccines and had a vaccine site at the top where people could go get vaccinated during the show. And you got a free t-shirt if you got vaccinated, you got a Diplo t-shirt. And I was like, that is how you do it. You like at the show, be like, hey, everybody, let's be safe. You know, there's there's plenty of people who don't have access to go to a vaccine site. Maybe they don't have a ride. I mean, I don't know. If you're at a Diplo concert at Red Rocks, probably you have a ride. But no, seriously, like what if you're the biggest fan and you're like, I gave all my money to go to the show and I don't always have transportation. And he's just like, here's some vaccines. We're putting it right here. Go Go get a shot and then enjoy the show. Let's work towards herd immunity anyway i just thought that was really cool but yeah i saw one where they were doing it at a basin where you could ski up and get it amazing all of that is just, just getting creative i appreciate yeah. it making it like literally because you know i think that there i've definitely heard from people and not so much people in like our age group but definitely older people and maybe even you know some younger people who are a little less gung-ho to go get it that they're like well i just can't find an appointment and it's like well, then let us bring the vaccine to you, wherever yeah. you may be. Wherever you are. And, skiing. and if you look at your governor's website, there's probably a million vaccine websites. There's a lot of walk-in clinics across the state, wherever you right. are. It's getting just easier and easier. Yeah, it's getting find. easier and easier for sure. So I'm just going to read a couple quick Q&A from our governor's website. If you're worried about the COVID-19 vaccine, has this vaccine been tested enough? We hear that a lot. This vaccine is the result of years of research and unprecedented testing. So coronavirus is not the only COVID-19. COVID-19 is not the only only coronavirus. Thank you. what you're trying to say. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it's not like they just all of a sudden decided to work on this vaccine only. So people need to understand and do some reading around that because this has been years and years of research that they put into this specific vaccine. Do I have to get the vaccine if I am young and healthy? It's important to vaccinate 70% of all, this is Colorado, all Coloradans so that we can protect everyone. Does the vaccine give you COVID-19? The vaccine for COVID-19 cannot give you COVID-19. Does the vaccine cause serious side effects? You may have minor side effects. With serious side effects, it's highly unlikely. Are there long-term effects? Millions have received the vaccine and no long-term effects have been detected. So again, just kind of encouraging you to And that's read. the tricky one, right? Is it's like, okay, yeah, but you know, we've, they, they've been, um, this particular vaccine, they've been studying for a year, but a year to most people doesn't sound like Sound like a lot, right? But I was really interested to find because that was one of my questions was like, well, what, you know, what if like 30 years down the road, we all develop pink eye every, you know, or what, like, (laughs) who knows what. But I came to find that no vaccines are tested for 30 years down the road. And, you know, that 
the only data that is collected ongoing on vaccines is if there's something that's like, like you wouldn't give a bunch of people, you know, the polio or like the chickenpox vaccine. And then 30 years down the road, when they all start getting pink eye, think, oh, this must be caused by the chickenpox vaccine. Like there, there aren't any studies like that, which to me was kind of like, oh, I kind of wish there were. But at least it's good to know that this isn't like the only one that we don't do this for. And we're just kind of trying to tell everyone like, shh, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Take it, take it. Right, 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 right. And I yeah. mean, like, look at the chickenpox vaccine. My kids both got the chickenpox vaccine. I got chickenpox when I was a kid. I mean, it sucked. And like, you know, then you're at risk for shingles later in life. But that being said, like, there is not a lifetime of, ev- of evidence about the chickenpox vaccine. So right. all that to say that new vaccines come available all the time without those very long-term amounts of data. I get it. It's, it's I absolutely there's questions get it. for sure. And it's it's just a unique situation that most of us have not been in in our lives to have to make a, a decision like this. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And everyone has the right to make their choice about their bodies. And I think that this I've said this before, this particular vaccine comes with a lot of politics, which I think is unfortunate because it kind of drowns absolutely. out the actual data and the actual science even Dr. Fauci can sit there and tell you all the facts and people are going to politicize Dr. Fauci. So I I think it just, you know, for anyone on the fence about getting the vaccine, I would just really encourage you to do more reading from multiple sources and listen to the experts, truly listen to the experts, because at the end of the day, we're really all in this together and it really is saving lives. So, oh, but what I do want to say really quick. Uh, as, as far as like the mask wearing, because I went to Costco yesterday and they still are requiring masks. And I just am prepared to go everywhere with a mask now. I'm not just because the mask mandate has been lifted and the CDC is saying anyone who's fully vaccinated, which I am, can go places without a mask. I still feel a responsibility to protect others. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, even though I'm safe, I'm like, I just am still wanting to protect other people, which I'm not trying to be some martyr, but, and I'm not saying that if you don't do that, you're not like, you don't care about other people, but I just feel like that is something, (laughs) Claire, well, maybe, (laughs) Claire, (laughs) but I, I feel like the going into a store and wearing a mask, the other part that I think about over the past years, I haven't been sick in over a year. Masks work, apparently, and washing your hands. I And it's like, and and for other other reasons that masks work. And I, you know, my favorite thing that masks work for are covering the giant freaking cold sore I've had on my chin for the past week and a half that (laughs) I otherwise. And no one's going to question why you're wearing a mask. No, no one's going to be like, "Uh, you have a cold sore the size of like a small child just hanging out on your face. Um, I'm like, no, you you can't see it. You can't see it. It was, I've seen a lot of funny tweets that are like, man, the CDC couldn't have given us a countdown. (laughs) I look like crap. <laughs> exactly. But I will I will also say though, like it has felt good to go someplace that like I went to a friend's house the other day, didn't even bring a mask with me and was like, this is like you know, yeah. it was somebody's house. I, you know, and I feel like we can stop doing the, the justification for every single scenario. Sure. But right, like right. it was, you know, I got out of the car and like even though I've been vaccinated for a few weeks and most you know, most of my friends have been vaccinated longer than I have even um, I still at least would walk into someone's house with a mask on and then sort of like do the like, are you okay if I take this off? Sort totally. Of thing. I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it just feels more like a courtesy to be like, hey, I'm totally. like, I just want you to know my expectation. Like, I'm fine with this. If you're okay with me taking it off, I will. But like, yep. if not, I'll leave it on. Yep. And in this situation, like, I didn't even take one with me and, I, and, you know, I didn't even have one in the car. And I was like, wow, this is weird. Feels free. Yeah. And I went to, we had our first in-person puppy class yeah, for Cadet I saw your yesterday. Yeah, story. How fun yeah, was that? Yeah, it was really cool. And so just, you know, we have to do two puppy training classes a month, and we've been doing them all virtually, which has been fine, but it's just not the same for the dogs. So we went to their, one of the trainers did it like kind of in her driveway, which was great. And I showed up with a mask. And she was like, everybody just do what you're comfortable doing, you know, based on the guidelines that we just heard from yesterday, blah, blah, blah. So everyone chose not to wear a mask and we were outside and I felt fine with it. And I feel like Mm -hmm. everyone else did too. But I think that, you know, the going into the store, still wearing them, I'm going to respect the store. Being in a big group of people and that, yeah. I'm going to respect the store's policies. If the store is deciding to make a decision about something, then I'm going to respect what the store has to say. And I think it's interesting to have that sort of flip 
flipped now because you know a month totally. ago it was like stores so can't just funny. decide whatever they want you have to totally. listen to the governor and now we're like totally. stores can well, do whatever the gov- they- it's yeah. 100 the flip-flop which i find so funny and it even feels a little hypocritical saying it totally hypocritical saying it but i think what's funny is one of my good friends was texted me the other day he's like he's like you know it's kind of funny now that people don't have to wear masks that are fully vaccinated they don't have anything to be pissed off, you know, that don't like the president. They don't have anything right. to be pissed off at the, pre- well, you know, around masks. Because I think that was one of the big FUs is, I'm not wearing a mask. But now even what we kind of alluded to earlier is the people who probably won't get vaccinated are the ones who don't really want to wear masks all the time. Right. Not everybody. Not don't everybody. freak out. Not yes, everybody. Not everybody. Well, and he <laughs> don't give me hate mail. Too. I think it's interesting. And I feel like this happens in every scenario, you know, every social scenario that you want to defer to the highest degree of safety. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, it's just, it, it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks, like how quick, you know, I know, I know a lot of people are having these same feelings of like, okay, I get it. Like, uh, technically, it's allowed now. But am I personally ready? Like, how, you know, am I ready? Are to we just, ready? Like, and, yeah. and like, how do I personally feel? You know, like, I might be vaccinated, but I still have complicated feelings about it. What about the workers? What about, you know, all these totally. different things? And it will. And, you know, last week, we talked about how quickly old experiences feel normal again, you know, like traveling, traveling, on a plane. eating it, or, you know, the first time you go out to eat at a restaurant, the first time you do, all these, you know, go to a, back to a concert, like, the first time you get in an Uber again, where at first you're like, I don't know, is this going to be weird? And then within a couple minutes, you're like, oh, this is fine. Totally. Yeah, it's my normal again. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, I'll be interested to see over the coming weeks. It'll be like, hey, I actually don't even think about bringing a mask with me anymore. That anxiety went away immediately. And I was like freaked out the first time I walked into the store with a bare face. But like now I can't believe we did that for a year and a half. Yeah. And I think I'm really excited. And I've been seeing some posts recently of people taking vacations and saying, oh, my gosh, it feels so good to be back here. And I just I love seeing that because I know how how hard we've all been working to keep everybody safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last point I'll make about about this is kind of just the going into the stores thing is when stores, whether or not they make that their policy still, I'm going to respect what the store's policies are or or whatever facility I'm going to be going into. But I noticed a reaction yesterday when I went into one of our local grocery stores is when I was leaving with my groceries, I saw a woman walking in with her son and they didn't have masks on. But the store still had like this, you know, wear, please wear mask policy. And all I could think was like, I wonder what's going to happen in there. Because, you know, now we have these opposite rules. And I don't know. I think it's just interesting on a social psychology level to be like, how are we going to t- be taking this information? Because we're still apprehensive. And I'm still concerned for the people who aren't vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, but like last night, Scott and his best friend went out to dinner at Edgewater Public Market. And he's like, it was packed. It was so cool to see everyone just like out and about. You still wore masks like when you walked in. But he's like, we were able to sit at a table with people. And it wasn't like, you know, people weren't freaking out. It it was crowded. People were getting giving these food establishments business. And I think that's what another concern I have is making sure that our local businesses get money Mm -hmm. and people patronize them and people go back out into the community. And that's been the tension this whole time, right? It's like, truly, it's about small businesses. It's It's about the economy. It's about people keeping their jobs. Anyway. So yeah, I think that's a hard one. I one last thing. I, I mean, I think that's always been a hard thing because I never wanted to come across as we don't care about small businesses. But it's it, that was really hard of, you know, which battle do you choose? Because you want everybody to be alive because this pandemic was so <laughs> so yeah. bad. But you also want small businesses to survive. And I think that that was always a hard thing for me to kind of wrap my head around is like, no, we have to shut down, we have to shut down so that the numbers go down and that, you know, that frontline healthcare workers can survive and that people can live. But at what cost? Yeah, and that I think was something that, you know, if you look at more of the government response, to me, that was where that Yep, I totally agree with you. Should could have come from was okay. Yep. Let's you know give the businesses what they need to be able to yep. pay their employees exactly without having to turn this into a people's health versus exactly economy. Yeah, the government should have. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And you know I, the current government and the former government, they're you know I think they they both could and should have been doing a lot more to provide stimulus to businesses and individuals. Yep. And that is, you know, I lean almost to the point of socialism with a lot of my economic beliefs. So I know that that's, you know, can be seen as sort of like, and like, I won't even say socialism, because like true socialism is, you know, not what I'm talking about here, socialist democracy. It's so interesting. Sometimes I'll post it on my Instagram. 
And people who live in more like social democratic countries will, you know, like Sweden or Denmark or places, they'll they'll send me notes and be like, why don't why do people in America think that it's either capitalism or like true socialism? Like because and this is like a whole other podcast episode. This is like a whole other podcast. But it is so interesting to realize like that is where our brains go is straight into like straight up socialism. Yeah. But anyway, the point of the story is that, you know, I really do believe in the role of government to financially be involved in people's lives. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we did not see that. And I think that is what created a lot of that tension or what made a lot of that tension a lot worse. Okay, so I want to talk completely different topics now because we did just spend quite a long time talking about some serious pandemic stuff that everyone is probably so sick of thinking about. And you know so what? Tired of I think about. about this. We're tired of talking about it, but it's it's our it's our everyday life. I and know. I also yeah. I selfishly want to have this podcast be a little bit of a time capsule where I don't ever go back and listen to episodes, but maybe I will one day. I could. Like, wow, just to know what that was I could. It like, what well, to know that I could? What was it like when we were living during the pandemic, or even someone who's born ten years from now? That's like, oh, I really want to know what life was like during the pandemic. You know, we're like, yeah. We're going to be a piece of history, Claire, is basically what I'm saying. We're going in the Smithsonian. <laughs> please have a Smithsonian about podcasts and please put us in I it. mean, Thank you. they should. I, they're going to, I'm sure. That's really funny. So talk a little bit more about cadets puppy training class because we get questions all the time asking, hey, Joy, I know that you're like, you know, this the CCI thing, I almost said CDC, the CCI thing is like completely its own deal. But where where do you recommend that people go just for like day to day puppy training? Sure. And you know I've been texting you with questions of like, hey, this is happening. Yeah. Is this normal? And you're like, yeah, that's normal. It sucks. But you have to like like the biting thing. You like you kind of yeah. you know it'll, puppy it's, yeah. puppy biting stage is not well. And then I like that. was yeah. doing some research last night because because River like straight up will go after me and no one else in the family. Like if she sees me, she will stop what she's doing and like come over and bite me. Mm-hmm. And I was doing some research about it, and I was like, "This is common for the person in the house they see as like the mother figure, mm-hmm. yeah, and alpha." And so, and I was just like, and it was, you know, it was like completely ignore it. I was like, "Have you ever tried ignoring being bitten by a bunch of needles?" They're they're razors. Puppy teeth are razors, and she and like so painful. Yeah, she always goes for like the back of my knee and like the back of my tricep, and I'm like, "How does she know that that's the most tender that those part are like your body. the most tender? Like she can't go for like." my you know bony wrist or something she has to go for like the like exposed delicate flesh (laughs) gosh i totally remember i just it's very shocking yeah and i love all the tips that are like just ignore it i'm like have you ever been in a room with a puppy and tried to just ignore it you can't ignore it yeah you can't you can redirect but you can't ignore it but anyway so i so i wanted you to talk about what do you tell people what do you recommend and we can sort of like reference this once and for all when people send you that question right 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 so my first and foremost recommendation is just get your dog into some obedience training. I don't care what it is. It could be at your local PetSmart, at your local Petco. Those are like two of our pet stores in the US. Any local pet shop that offers obedience training, do it. It doesn't matter that it's any specific style of training, as long as you like the trainer, as long as you feel like the dog is responding, as long as the class sizes aren't too big, because it's, here's the other thing, like in a class size with puppies, they're going to be distracted. So there's a level of like, sure, the training is going to be a little scattered at times because they're just distracted around other dogs. And that is totally natural. So you want to set them up for success and putting, put them in an environment where there's enough space where they don't have to get too distracted being closer to another dog. But obedience training or any type of basics training for dogs is what I would recommend. So don't get too tied up on like the type of training or what kind of program they should do. Because if you don't train your dog, you're setting yourself up for a really horrible relationship with your dog. And I'm not saying that that happens with everybody. But for the most part, your dog needs training, your dog needs structure, your dog needs to know, you know, who's the alpha in the house, where their place is in the pack. If you even just want to read up or watch some, I don't always ascribe um, to Cesar Milan's ways, but he does have some good kind of like just how to interact with a dog. So you can even just watch some of his shows. Think about being around. Yeah. He has some interesting books too that are pretty easy reads. Yeah. And he's he's kind of the more popular guy in the dog training world. There's some things that I don't really think are necessary, but there's also a couple Netflix shows that I can't say that they're good or bad because I haven't watched them yet. But there's mostly shows around like how to train 
the dog from hell. And I just don't think that that's like realistic either, because not every dog is going to need that type of training. So just start with basics as, as young as you can start training your dog. So without kind of going into the very nitty gritty details, but you know, even if you get a puppy that's, let's say eight weeks old, don't stress over training the dog stuff like from day one. Get the puppy comfortable in your home, give them some time to just relax, make sure it's a you know nice environment that they're integrating into your fa- into your family well. Start to teach them their name by just talking to them with their name. And don't worry too much about that. And then just really stay consistent. Any type of training that you do, it doesn't work unless you're consistent. And with dogs, the rule of thumb in training is to do two to five minute sessions um, at a time. So our trainers always talk about like a morning uh, morning lunch or breakfast, lunch, and dinner is kind of how we think about it, is that you always eat breakfast, you always eat lunch, and you always eat dinner. Like generally speaking, think about training your dog two to five minutes at a time, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breaking it up, dogs don't have the attention span to do long training sessions, and you will know pretty quickly when they just stop responding. Those are the pieces of advice I like to give as far as being consistent. It doesn't take a lot of time. But you just have to do it every single day until mm-hmm. they really get to it. And then as they get older, you can you know teach them other tricks if you want to. But I will give you a resource of a former CCI trainer who has an amazing Instagram account with really great dog training tips. And she also does video sessions. Um, I love supporting her because she's such a wonderful human. Her Instagram is Rock'em Dog Training. So it's Rock'em as in R-O-C-K-E-M dog training, all spelled out. Rock'em Dog Training. Um, So follow her on Instagram. Give her a DM if you want to do a private session with her um, on Zoom. She's really great. I've done a few with her with Cadet um, when Cadet was really small. And you would think like, how do I do a Zoom training session (laughs) with a dog? It is possible. And she's so good that she knows what she's doing. She could see behaviors even on a Zoom camera. So um, I would highly recommend if you're looking for an actual resource, but just the basics of getting your dog structure and getting your dog some commands and some training is going to go a long way. Yeah. And you can also like, there's a lot of most humane societies or dog shelters in, you know, your area will have classes. And especially if you have puppies, like they'll have puppy classes, like our local humane society, once your dog has all its shots, which I think is so funny talking about like a fully vaccinated dog. Now I just love it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Once they're fully vaccinated, you, you know, they have like drop in puppy classes on Saturday morning for five bucks. And literally the whole point of the class is just to like, introduce your dog to other puppies yeah yeah. and you know that like we when we had our previous dog luna who we talked about um like i said she was we don't know what her background had been but based on some of her behaviors and some of her like physical stuff she had going on we think that she had just been left in the yard her whole entire life Mm. and never had been socialized at all never had been trained at all for anything she wasn't even housebroken and she was two years old you know it takes It takes two weeks to housebreak a dog, even a puppy. You know, River is, what, 12 weeks old at this point, and she... Oh, it took us three months. Really? Oh, I mean, like an adult dog? Oh, an adult dog. Yeah, I was thinking a puppy. I'm like, Cadet was five, six months before she was, like, fully... No, and, like, like, River is, like, probably 80% of the way there, but, like, if you have an adult dog, it only took us two or three weeks to house train Luna. All that to say that, like, she was two years old, she wasn't even house trained. Like, no one had ever spent two seconds with this dog. And, you know, so we ended up using a very intense training trainer with her. Um, She actually like went to go live with a trainer for a week or two. And it was, I think, to your point, like, you just have to find something that works. It's like a diet, right? Or, I mean, a diet is a terrible example. It's like a workout, you know, like what? It's kind of like any relationship or even like any habit, a lighter. It's any habit. Any habit. Like, it doesn't matter the specific one that you choose. What matters is that the one you choose is the one you can stick with and the one that you can. And like the reason that I don't love, and again, I'm not, I obviously don't have as much experience as you, but the reason I don't love the like dog whisperer stuff and those types of YouTube channels are, is because it is like dog from hell. And you're like, okay, but what if I just like, what if I have a normal dog? What if I have a normal dog and I just like need them to stop biting my triceps? Exactly. But, and and it's mostly to just like learning about puppies and learning about puppy behavior and learning about when. And it's appropriate to socialize them more right? and learning to look at signs if they're exhausted and they need to stop training. There's so much that goes into it of just learning about dog behavior and how dogs learn was probably the biggest piece of advice and information I learned when I trained with JT. So I trained with him on site with professional dog 
trainers for two weeks and I learned so much about dog behavior. And if you don't understand how a dog learns, negative doesn't really register with a dog. Mm -hmm. Like they get, you know, people who hit their dog, yell at their dog, slap their dog, only makes the dog fear you and fear can turn into aggression. So, you know, learning all of those things about dog behavior is really important so that you don't fall into the trap of like, rubbing your dog's nose and pee or poop when it goes to the bathroom like that is the worst thing you can do because they don't uh, they do not attribute their behavior dog's memory or their attention span is like five seconds so if they pee or poop the cause and effect is not it does not relate so if you do that and it was like an hour ago they're going to be like i don't know what you're doing now i'm just afraid of you so a lot of training things that you think might be i don't know where you learned it or maybe it's just something that you picked up from someone else it's not going to be effective and your dog is actually going to to regress or get fearful or and honestly it can be hard like when you know when a dog comes up to you and is they've been pushing they have a lot of energy they've been pushing your buttons all day you know and they come up and just start nipping at you it's really hard to not want to be like just get out of here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and have have that physical reaction like i've definitely we've had to work on that with miles like you know his particular like his reaction is if she starts biting him he wants to kind of like really aggressively push her away mm-hmm. and it's you know, I think that that's instinctive. If something is like just making you crazy, it can be hard to not want to have a have a physical reaction. Anyway, so I think yeah. that it's in, it's been interesting to go through this. You know, we were like, oh, we can handle a puppy. You know, we had this super high maintenance adult dog who was like truly so neglected and it's just so different you know and and I think that we also are having these a lot of experiences of like when we had our previous dog she was so such like a specific high needs animal that I now when I when like the puppy does something I'm like oh my gosh is this like going to be a problem forever or is this something that she's going to kind of grow out of or is this something that like if I don't nip this in the bud immediately am I setting myself up for a lifetime of this like because with the when we had the adult dog it was like this is a habit and every time you allow it you're going to make it worse I mean you're going to have a different dog every month absolutely that's the the thing that is pretty clear when you get a puppy is you think that they're misbehaving, but the next month it's totally different and they all have regressions as well. But Mm -hmm. the last thing I'll say about this, and I'm happy to answer more questions if you guys have, I'm not the expert dog trainer, but I can definitely, I I definitely know what, what I'm talking about with most things is most of the time when a dog is misbehaving, it's because of the trainer. And by that, I mean, you've missed something or the handler or the owner, you've missed something that they're needing and you need to regroup and maybe talk to a professional trainer. But nine times out of 10, it's not the dog, it's the trainer. Right. So whenever JT would, for example, JT would have something that he you know, did incorrectly, I'd be like, oh, it's because I'm doing this. It's never the dog, it's the handler not giving the right direction or not setting them up for success. So just a little tip on that just too. Just hit the ego real quick. Yeah, so just <laughs> check out obedience training and go to Rock'em Dog Training on Instagram. Chelsea is her name. She's awesome. Awesome. How awesome. is Cadet doing? I know we checked in a couple of weeks ago about like the difference between yeah. how will you know if she's going to pass? When do you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we don't know. That's the funny thing. But you hope. But I think the we were a little nervous to go to the in-person class yesterday because we were worried like, oh, what if she's not doing well? Right. Because you, you haven't, haven't had, had any comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have. I mean, we've done some events with a couple other puppy raisers in the past year, but it's been pretty few and far between. Like when we went to the Boulder Police Department, we got to see other dogs, and it kind of gave me some reassurance that I'm like, okay, she's kind of on the right track because like you could kind of see where she's at and compared to compared to some of the other dogs that were there. But she did great yesterday, and she was the oldest dog there, so we were just a team of five. So there, are f- four other dogs there too were really tiny new puppies. One was five five months old, and one was six months old. So she was the oldest dog there. And I thought she did really, really great. She, she learned, they learn really fast. And there were a couple of commands that I wanted the, the trainer to go over with me to make sure I was training correctly. And I was, and so I was just like, okay, that gives me some good confidence. But I think I was just mostly nervous to get there. And for the trainer, who's amazing, she's so nice. And she's so non-judgmental. And like, she never I feel would be so, like, gosh, what have never. you been doing this whole time? Like, she's, totally. She's so supportive and like unconditional. I just love her so much. So I just feel really comfortable with her to be like, hey, Mitzi, what, you know, what about this that's going on? What can I do when she does this? I just don't ever feel scared to ask her questions. And she's just super supportive. But it was a really good class because I felt like there definitely were times when she her attention was off, which is understandable. She hasn't been around other dogs in a training session in a long time. So but the biggest piece is eye contact, meaning your dog looks at you and looks at at you for direction, um, which she has 
nailed. So I think she's doing really well. But <laughs> when we were kind of introducing everyone, Mitzi, the trainer was like, oh yeah, okay, so you guys are turning in in August, right? And I was like, <gasps> yes. <laughs> It's so soon. Yeah. So that's the, we don't have a date yet, but that's kind of the projected date. So I'm just kind of waiting to hear when we're doing that. But Scott, it's really funny. It's going to be really sad and we're going to be devastated, but we know that this is like always been her journey. But Scott was like, why don't we turn the trip when we turn her in into like a, almost like a vacation yeah, afterwards. Yeah, you should. And I was like, yes, let's please do that. So I think we're going to go to Disneyland after we oh turn Oh my gosh. In. Can I come with you? Can we go to Harry Potter land? Yes, I know. I was like, I really want to go to Disney. And Scott dream. was like, Scott has never been to Disneyland. So oh, he was cute. like, let's go. And so I'm like, that's, that would be amazing. I would You guys would love it. Disneyland. You like just hang out in Star Wars land. Oh my gosh. Yes, Scott would love I would Star love Wars it. Land. That'd be so much fun. So that's kind of our unofficial plan oh, right, that's right now. So fun. Turn today, yeah. And then will you take JT or would you leave him here? I'd leave him here. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't take him with us on the trip, yeah. but um, yeah, someone will watch him. But yeah, it's so cute. It's going to be a big oh, change, but we're not thinking about that just yet. No, not at all. August it's is so cute. Every away. moment, yeah. Years yeah. and years from now. <sighs> okay, so we were also in this episode going to check in a little bit about some health and fitness to and this <laughs> use this weird tip to get rid of your belly. We're already fat. like tripping over the topic. We're like, what? <laughs> the reason though is I feel like by ignoring it, it's always on my mind, and I think and it's the, on you know, your mind. At the bottom, at the at the baseline of all this is a health and fitness podcast. Like it is still something. It's still something we think about. We a lot. think about and do all the time. I mean, I'm going across it four, five, six times a week right now. Like yeah. you know, it's a huge part of our lives still. And yeah. We just don't think, I don't think about it as much as I once did, Mm -hmm. but I still think about it a lot. So I think it's important to check in on this only because I know people are wondering at times and I just want to put it out there. And because it's our podcast, we can talk about whatever we want. For sure. And I think it's, yeah, we don't want it to make it, make it taboo and I don't want to ever avoid it because it's a huge part of our lives. And I think Mm -hmm. it's it's still very important to me. Okay. So what are you, what's on your mind? Well, the biggest thing that's on my mind is just the workouts that I've been doing and how, how much it means to me to be able to move and how sometimes I feel like even just talking about on the podcast, we're like perpetuating, perpetuating the diet culture. And I just don't think that it has to be one or the other. (laughs) I can still really like to move and I can still, you know, I'm not hating my body at the end of the day. But I will say, you know, just there's times when I still struggle with it. And by it, I just mean, you know, with my diagnosis of Graves in November and kind of coming back from that, I feel like I'm really close to what my doctor, my naturopath will say, lifelong remission is I have had this like weird relationship to gaining and losing weight, which I know a lot of people can relate to, but me personally, I've just never, well, I guess aside from like intentionally trying to lose weight from counting macros, it's never been something that I've really had to experience. I've just been one of those types of people that kind of stays at the same body type and same weight my entire life. So I think that that is something that if I wasn't being honest, I feel like I'd be, I don't know, doing a disservice to myself to be like, wow, there's some days that just feel really hard because I was super weak and I lost a lot of weight in the fall and I was struggling with that. But then kind of like coming back up to my weight and getting back into my workouts also feels foreign because I've just had this like weird back and forth. And I don't know. I'm still kind of like in the middle of it, but I just feel like I've wanted so bad back when I was feeling weak and had lost significant amount of weight to be back to this place where I'm like feeling strong and can do the things that I want to do again, which is like lifting heavier weights and, you know, doing some light jogging and so forth. I'm just like, at the end of the day, you just have to be really careful to not fall into like the weight piece. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's like, it's just what my body can do because there's times where I'm like, am I working? Because back again, back in the fall, I would like wanted to be back up to my quote unquote normal weight, which is normal for me. Right. Not saying normal for and anyone. And again, but you were losing weight because you had like severe organ Yeah, and Graves disease. Yeah. And I think, so I think what you're saying is something that is really important and that we've, you know, kind of talked about in different ways before around like, for example, being postpartum or being coming out of an right, injury exactly. or, you know, yep. anything where it's like you spend your whole life up into the last very small handful of years, basically focusing on your weight first and then everything else after that. Yes. And then even within, you know, CrossFit culture, even within fitness culture, even within the like strong as the new sexy culture, there is still such an emphasis put on weight put on aesthetics and there's sort of this like understanding that like yeah you know we're we're 
all going to pretend to like only care about what our bodies can do. But first of all, that's still a metric that may or may not mean anything to you. Maybe you are, maybe you do have a, like a chronic illness. Maybe you do have a chronic injury. Maybe you're disabled. Maybe there are things going on in your life where maintaining a certain standard of performance as your goal is not realistic for you and doesn't nor is make, it a priority and it's not that a does, priority that doesn't have to be right. a priority yeah and you know so that's a whole conversation in and of itself you know that is very ableist to say you know for sure it's all just about getting stronger getting fitter and like who cares what you look like as long as you're hitting prs well hitting prs all the time is also not attainable for the majority no. of people yeah and that's not something and that's the other thing is like that has that priority has changed because i just don't do that anymore right. i don't I say this with a love in my heart and like just tongue in cheek for myself. But whenever I'm talking to my friends about going to work out, I'm like, I'm going to go do my grandma workouts because I just don't have the, I'm not going to crush it in the gym anymore. I'm just not. Yeah. It just doesn't feel right for me. I don't have the desire to kill myself in every workout type of thing. But I think what you're saying is like, what I felt immediately come back was like this default to wait, which I was like, that doesn't feel right. Right. And I think that it's like, you know, I think you at the beginning, you were kind of worried about like, well, we just, you know, keep perpetuating diet culture. But at the end of the day, it's important to recognize that the vast majority, like you and I, for sure, I think the vast majority of women who have been into fitness for a long time, we have spent our whole lives up until very recently, really with that default of, yeah, but am I losing weight? You know, that like, it doesn't matter what else you're doing because the real metric that, you know, you're supposed to be worried about is whether or not you are the correct, quote unquote, body weight and huge, giant air quotes, correct body weight. But, you know, we all know what we're talking about. What's your ideal body weight? Are you back to your ideal body weight? Did you get your body back? Yeah. Yeah. And and like that no matter what, that is the thing in the back of your mind. And you have to fight against that because that's your knee jerk natural reaction. And it's really hard to get away from that because it's how it's been your whole life and it's okay yeah, it's how, you know yeah. it's shitty that it's like that but it doesn't mean that you know you're not like perpetuating diet culture by having that be where your brain goes because you know diet culture did that to your brain to begin with and it's about it's a lot of programming that needs yeah. to be unprogrammed and, and maybe and it won't ever go away you know maybe, maybe not it'll yeah, be there your whole life i mean you're you know you're 43 and this is still coming up daily yeah and You know, it's just more of understanding like, wow, I hate that that's there. That's so tiring. And I'm going to acknowledge it and acknowledge that that's not me anymore. And wow, how interesting that that still comes up. And, you know, instead, I'm going to go just make it into the gym and move my body. And I'm so grateful for the movement that I have. That's been like something that I've really been grateful for this year. And I don't know, you know, I don't have like a recipe for this. I just sort of happened is in the evolution of me re kind of coming back to reg- like very regular fitness is completely letting go of every expectation I have for myself other than truly just to show up. Yeah. And, you know, I used to say that like, oh, I, you know, it's it's a win just to be here. But really what, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, and because I'm here so much, I'm going to be getting, you know, getting all these PRs and, and like, that's just not the case for me anymore. Like I'm, you know, I'm not pushing myself in every workout. For me, the subtext used to be, oh, it's, you know, it's half the battle is just showing up. But the other half of the battle is hating yourself if you don't do better than you did the day before. Well, here's the other thing, especially with, if we're going to talk about the CrossFit world is we were looking up to people, the idols of CrossFit at the beginning were Christmas Abbott. My idol forever. Yes. Your idol forever. I'm like, I'm going to name any Uh, Christmas forever is, you know, we're looking at people with these like rock hard bodies and doing CrossFit. And we're that that's what we were aspiring to, I guess, live up to not everyone. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm just kind of like, that is the, that was kind of the face of CrossFit. So when you go in, you're kind of like in that world of that is the epitome of a body. And so that's, it's really interesting to me that, you know, we're kind of just letting go of the Fitzbo world Mm -hmm. still, (laughs) And just going into the gym to move and, you know, I go in sometimes and I'm just stretching and I, and I say this because I used to really put pressure on myself to like really kill myself with every workout and really go hard. And I do feel like that was, that was a part of the reason why I developed Graves disease was because of how hard I was working out. I really do believe that contributed. And 
So now that I'm being nice to my body and being like, I don't really need to make my heart rate go through the roof every time I work out. I just need to feel good. And I don't have any weight in mind when I'm going to lift weights, whatever feels good that day. And if it's light, it's light. And that doesn't matter to me anymore. But it is interesting to me how, especially because we started out as a CrossFit podcast, and that was kind of the body type that you were. I don't know if anyone put like pressure on you to have that, but that's kind of what CrossFit was. Absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, we very much were on that train of like, oh, strong is the new skinny. You know, I can't believe women want to be skinny. Why wouldn't they want to be strong? Why would they? Yeah. And, And remember when all the time would be like, oh, you're going to get bulky. What yeah, are you right. mad about getting, like, we and always I mean, talked about that. To this day, I, I maintain that, like, you know. Oh, for sure. Like people, but I think, like, my, even that yeah. discussion right. of it's just, like, like, you know, shaming people for not wanting or wanting certain body types. Right. And I think that it really does come down to an evolution of, you know, what's what's that balance between wanting to truly be totally accepting of your body in whatever situation that you are in today while still acknowledging like there are things about my body that either need to be healed or that I would be happier with if they were a different way or you know that I don't you know for me it used to be like I don't like being slow you know mm-hmm. I wish I was faster and now I'm like I don't give a crap if I'm slow I'm the slowest girl in the gym I've been here for nine years I don't care I'm not getting faster I've accepted my slowness yeah but like that's not the case for everybody. you know people out there they do feel that really strong drive to like but I want to get I want to PR I want to you know attain XYZ that stuff feels goal. good too right that stuff feels good too like I lifted more weight than I had in a right. long time the other day and I was like that feels great Totally. And I think the difference is like having those things when they happen and being able right. to be like, man, that was awesome. I'm strong. Yeah. Versus yeah. being like my whole life, life. And my whole day around depends on if I get this, yeah. this goal. And all I think about is this goal and all of my actions are, you know, pertain to this goal or even just a lot of my actions or a lot of my thoughts. And, yeah. you know, like, like I was saying it for me, a lot of identity. Yeah, so much identity and just so much energy. You, we used to tell me all the time, which is true. You're like, and it is just the observation that my identity is so, uh, very much wrapped into performance at the gym. Yeah, and to just your any activity that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a huge identity piece with that. I will say one thing that just kind of told me something about myself was Yesterday, I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw Busy Phillips post something about how she drinks Bulletproof coffee in the morning. It was probably some ad. And she's like, and I love it. And it keeps me full all morning. And I had this reaction of like, why do you need to be full all morning? Like, (laughs) why are we perpetuating this idea that you can't eat in the morning? Right. Like what? It made me so angry because I'm just like, these are the things that get under my skin that make me think I shouldn't be eating in the morning. But guess what? That also messed up my system because... Also, guess what? Bulletproof coffee is like 700 calories. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, who cares? You know, it's like, eat if you're hungry. And by the way, I have to eat within an hour of waking in the morning because my naturopath is like, don't ever fast. It's horrible for women. So, you know, things like that, that just perpetuate this like diet culture mentality. If I wake or, up, right. Or if I eat right when I wake up, I feel sick. Right. Like there's some so celebrity. Different. Yes. This right. This is a celebrity. This is a celebrity who works out with like on a trampoline with ankle weights. Like she is not you. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Those trampoline ankle weight workouts look very fun. <laughs> it looks fun. Those but donkey yeah, kicks. It's just... So many donkey kicks. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Donkey kicks for sure. Yeah. It's very kind of Tracy Anderson method. I'm sorry to mention the name, but, How dare but you? I guess when I had that reaction, it was very clear to me that I'm I'm like, wow, this this affects me. That all of this affects me. Totally. And I think it's it's normal. I think it's always gonna affect you. And I think it's always gonna affect most of the people listening to this podcast who found us through fitness. That other the expect you know, the entire fitness industry is built on external expectations. It takes a really long time to get to the point where you truly can release those. And a lot of times it comes through a series of having to go through circumstances where you don't have control over your body for one reason or another. And mm-hmm. for some people, they are listening and thinking, I have never had control over my body. I have a diagnosis or I'm disabled or whatever. And like, you know, it's so privileged to even be able to think, oh, I've always, you know, just been chasing these external approvals. And it is, it really is. And it's the reality for a lot of, for so many women. I did not arrive at the place that I'm at of truly, literally not caring what I do in the gym 
because I met because I like set out one day to be like, I'm going to not care anymore. It was right. more that one day I woke up and realized, wow, I don't care anymore. That kind of is ha- has to be what's going to happen. And like, it's a lot of it is a lot of work on the back end, in, but not in the way that you think. Like the more you try not to care, you know, it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. And it sort of is like the, you know, don't think about an elephant. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about an elephant. <laughs> right. But I think it's kind of like, well, what what would happen if you just don't care? Well, nothing really. I mean, right. there's really nothing negative that's going to well, happen. But people if you think just that they caring. think, oh, if yeah. I stop caring, then I'm going to get unhealthy. No. I'm going to lose all my gains. No. I'm going to, you know, right. lose all these things that I have I have held so closely to me for so long. And you kind of have to be forced to go through that for most of us a couple of times yeah. before you realize, like, oh, no matter what happens. My body is still going to be my body. It's the only one I have. And I'm not going to get another one. Yeah. And whenever I have a, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of like cognitive behavioral stuff, but I, I, whenever I have a negative thought about my body, I'm always like, my grandma, I have like my grandma, my mother's body and my dad's body, but, but like my ancestors and my, my parents, I'm like, it just feels kind of like an F you if I'm like, they made me, why would I be so hard on myself? Like, these are the things I just try to kind of counteract the the stupid stuff that comes into our heads. But uh, I have a friend, Joy, who has been on the podcast before. She's a psychologist on the East Coast. And I want to have her back at some point because she has an I've been talking to her about this because I'm like, I sometimes have a hard time with watching the diet culture. And also the culture of uh, healthy at every size, feeling like there can never be is almost like you have to be on one camp on on one side. And she has an interesting perspective. And I'll let her tell her own story. But the you know, the, the gist is, she at one point, she lost 100 pounds, she has maintained that. But I, I wanted her to talk more about like, her view of the healthy at every size and why she chose to lose 100 pounds and maintain it and what that's been like for her with the idea of thin privilege, which she says is a completely interesting thing to experience when you go from weighing 100 pounds more to then you know, looking different. So I want her to be on at some point to talk about that because I think she's she has some really intelligent things to say about it that it doesn't have to be like, you can't do fitness without also appreciating healthy Mm -hmm. at every size. Like fitness doesn't mean you have to lose weight. Fitness should not ever mean the goal is to lose weight. And right. Full stop. End of sentence. Full stop. Yeah. All right. That's it for this week. That's that for now. That's That's that for now. That's it for today. We... I do want to plug. I do want to plug our two sponsors that I think we've been really loving is always Double Under Wonder. You can use the discount code Joy to get yourself a jump rope. It's doubleunderwonder.com and Eat to Evolve with delicious meals that don't have anything to do with dieting. <laughs> it's just food. It's just snacks food. and snacks and the, I mean they your body. are allergen friendly a lot of them if you have yep. dietary allergies like me i can't have dairy right they a so lot of it to, is yeah. gluten-free a lot of it is dairy-free not all of it some of it is nut-free you know they're all the different choices so check them out eat to evolve yeah discount code joy claire 15 and go check them out go grab yourself some snacks what's your favorite one so far the snacks are the paleo balls what's your favorite meal i love they have a really good burger uh you love a two burger. burgers that i really i do love a burger they have really good two really good burgers that i love and then they also have this buffalo chicken salad oh yeah that one's good it's so good <laughs> i like their carnitas you know how i feel about carnitas i love them yeah their carnitas were good with they come with like potatoes and then my favorite yeah. snack are the smoked maple pecans Ooh, that really sounds good. delicious they I are like a little yet. bit smoky they are they have that smoky flavor but I, and uh-huh. it, it's it's delish i like the they have and truly you guys we don't get paid by them so this is not like a frivolous like we don't, to we don't make any their, money when you order. We don't make money, but they do give us food to try. So mm-hmm. we don't make money off of this, but we do just want to support this business because they do make great food. And I think that they've really nailed like the packaging because no food ever gets spilled. Like some of the past products I would get food and it was like spilled in the package when it would arrive. But they also have this great grab and go option where you don't have to reheat it. So if you're just like somewhere that doesn't have a microwave, you can bring it throughout the day. And I love it. So eat to evolve discount code joy claire 15. Thank you guys so much for supporting us over the years. Contact us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com with your feedback. Leave us a five-star rating and review and tell us what you think. And tell your your friends. friends. Jinx. All right, guys. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.